Welcome back to the Ice Coffee Hour. This is Daniel Mack. So far, this podcast, I would say, has made $50,000, not including sponsors. No. Wow. That's under. Yeah, that's, that's very rare we get under guesses. Significantly under. Oh, significant. Uh, well, I would. $225,851.59. Okay. Because the brand sponsors, I feel like, are what pull a lot of it. Is, there, is that not true? It is yeah, true. Yeah, the brands yeah. definitely help us out a lot. Thank you, brands. But... <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Daniel. We really appreciate it. You guys, I'm sure if you're on TikTok, you've seen anywhere, Daniel really. Anywhere. Gosh, you, yeah. you show up Snapchat, everywhere. Like, he Facebook. can't get rid of you, man. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. I'll scroll YouTube shorts. I'll scroll Instagram. Yeah. I'll scroll. You come up for me every like 10 TikToks. There's one of you. Oh, gosh. I hope that's a good thing. Yeah. I hope so. Yo, yo, what do you do for a living? What, what do you do? Uh, uh, and then they give <laughs> off an answer. How did you get started doing this? And how many, how many views and, and followers did you get? so far from doing this like across uh, the platform it's gotta be more than like a, a million. monthly view count across all platforms i don't know i mean it's uh, gotta be crazy it's in the billions so like <laughs> on youtube i just crossed a billion views um oh that's my youtube alone gosh i think tiktok's a couple billion and now though i'd say i think i have like 17 or 18 million followers across all platforms so it's really crazy because i mean i i was working in finance prior i graduated college freshly out of college um and i moved to dallas texas to do a job in finance like financial advising for charles schwab the brokerage firm and i had never done content before i like wasn't trying to be a content creator i was like content creation's not for me i was gonna work like a desk job in finance uh, for the rest of my life and be happy doing that but then i just filmed a video because i had an idea over the summer i was like where like how are these people getting these cars like and i wasn't even the biggest car guy is the thing people mm. assume i'm like the wizard of all things cars and now i'm really good but um at the time i was just kind of a moderate fan you'd say so i filmed the video um and it went crazy my first post ever on tiktok had like 20 million views in a day and then i had a million followers on tiktok within a week explain no, what that video was where was it filmed okay so it was in dallas texas i was with my friend grant um and we were in like kind of a fancy hotel area literally hunting for cars because we came up with the concept and i saw a ferrari just pulled up at a hotel so i asked the guy hey what do you do for a living and he says i don't even remember now something like i'm a doctor or something like that and then we see another guy he's in an audi r8 and he just drops you know some general life advice but then we see a guy in a lamborghini huracan and he looks really like fancy or just interesting so he pulls out of the hotel and we start tracking him down the road and go like eight blocks we roll up to his window and he looks over us with shades on after i asked the question he's like i sell drugs and that was the video that like popped it off and i didn't even expect it at the time but I post that and it just went absolutely crazy. I had no idea. I was refreshing my screen. Like, what the hell? And all my friends and family were like, didn't even know it was me for like a month or two because I never showed my face. Wow. So, How did so. you evolve from that? So you obviously knew pretty quickly, like immediately you had a good concept. So what did you do after? You're just like, let's keep repeating this? Yeah, I mean, people say like find your niche on TikTok, um, which I think is really true. But I'm like, basically I was surprised that I thought I had like two or three videos with it. You know, I thought like after, you know, one or two, people would stop caring, but I think people are always going to be interested in like how to get wealthy, obviously. But I started branching out into other stuff. So I started doing yacht content. Like I'd go to Miami. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'd like break into these yacht yards in Miami, like where you're not allowed to be with some of these like really, really rich people. Um, and I'd ask them like on their ships, like, hey, what do you do for a living? And sometimes they invite me on and we go like on a yacht party or something like that. Like Miami's crazy like that. But uh, we started doing like cribs, like um, cribs, like MTV cribs. And we'd go check out people's like 40 or $50 million mansions and I'd ask them what they do and um, they'd tell me and we'd check out their cool collections and interviewing people. It's, it's such a broad like phrase, like what do you do for a living that now I can sit down with like people that are in various fields and I can ask them, how do you get wealthy? And it just keeps, keeps on evolving essentially, yeah. 
That's incredible. Now, how often is it that you get like a really negative reaction? It's funny. I just posted a video of all of the negative reactions I've ever gotten. Yeah, that one's funny. Um, I'd say it's rare though. Like it's every, I don't know, one in one in 10, maybe less, like maybe one to 5% of the time. It's normally not at like a car show. I'll go to car shows and everyone's like, they know that I'm going to be there or like they're in the car community. So they want to show off their stuff, but mm -hmm. I'll go to like Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills and you'll get some wonky characters out there. Um, but sometimes people just like yell at me and I used to not like it, mm. but now I love it cause it's even better content. Right. Yeah. What's some of the best advice you've gotten from these people? Well, I mean, and you probably love this one, but real estate, number one, I mean, people ask me like, what's the most common, uh, job that people are in. Um, and it's always real estate, commercial real estate for the real ballers out there that like have, you know, like yachts and whatnot. They're always in like huge properties. Um, but in general, real estate, get into that it's never too early to buy a property regardless of what the market's doing. People tell me that all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people are in like various industries like tech. Um, that's kind of where you see like the new money McLaren drivers, not to stereotype certain, uh, car owners, but tech for sure. Um, and then you get like the basic, like follow your dreams kind of people that don't really know what to say. Um, but I'd say investing is obviously number one. And I kind of knew that with my background a little bit, but everyone invests that has this kind of money. Like you literally can't be wealthy by, just having like a salary is what I've learned. And then also owning your own business is the other big one. So I'd say like real estate, own your own business. Cause there's only so much money you can make like as a doctor, even like you're capped out at what, like 300 K a year or something mm -hmm. like that. Three so. to five, depending on it. Or if you uh, private own, practice. Yeah, practice. Yeah. 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 So how long did you do the financial advisory stuff until you decided to quit that and do TikTok and like content creation full time? Um, so I was doing it for nine months, I think. So I, I wasn't like a, a master or anything like that. I've been fascinated with finance my whole life. So I was always interested in it, but, um, I was doing that job for like nine months. Um, and it was awful when I was doing it because not because of the job itself, I was really interested in it and people will be like, um, Hey, like good thing you got out of that desk job. I actually really liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, and I'm always interested in the stock market and stuff like that. But I was basically from the start of the job also simultaneously doing TikToks and whatnot. So like I'd finish work, I would do like a normal nine to five. And then right after work, I would immediately jet on over to like some populated, like wealthy area, like a mall or whatnot. And then on the weekends I would fly out to LA cause I didn't live there yet. Um, so I would basically be working like hundred hour weeks because after work I would be editing or reaching out to people or doing like brand deal stuff. And then on the weekends I was filming nonstop while also doing the regular nine to five. So it was quite the grind. And at some point I, I remember I was filming with Paris Hilton in, in uh, LA while still doing this normal job. And I woke up that morning and was just like, I'm quitting my day job. Like I was just with Paris Hilton. I got back at 8 a.m. or, you know, late in the night and I just woke up and was like, this is it. I'm putting in my two weeks, which was really scary. Yeah. Were you making more money on TikTok at that point? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was pretty conservative with it. Like yeah. a lot of people are like, hey, like, um, you know, it's pretty stupid to move out to L.A. And you, it's like the city of broken dreams, essentially, like yeah. people go out there to do acting and whatnot and they fail. But I was making like, I think, double my um, annual income at the time. And I had like seven or eight million followers on TikTok at the time. So I really could have quit earlier, I think, but I didn't want to be that guy that like moves out there and then has to move back or, you know, quits yeah. the job. What did your coworkers think about this? Did they know? Yeah, they knew. Yeah. I, I kind of <laughs> had to keep it under wraps a little yeah. at the beginning. Um, you had to declare the income to your job, but I was like a little late on that. Um, and they were just like gobsmacked. Like they, a lot of people didn't know it was me because I didn't, I didn't show my face in videos for like six months. So even my fan, like friends basically were like, I see this Daniel Mac name popping up here and it matches your voice. Like, is this you? 
Um, and I just had to be like, yeah, it's, it's me. And then I started showing my face a little more, but everyone was shocked. Yeah. Do they, now, did Trump have, have an issue with you having like a presence outside of them? Couldn't that be a liability if you did something and then they're like, well, he works at Charles Schwab. No, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, uh, they were really good with it though. Um, I had a really great boss at the time. I think it could have gone way differently in any other circumstance, but, um, they knew about it, but it was getting like hairy at the end there. So yeah, which office was it? Um, it was over in it was north of Dallas. So oh, okay. The uh, Frisco or now Plano office. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay. Uh, but at the time we were work from home, so I never actually went into the wow. brand new facility ever. Can you say about how much you were making right at the time of quitting from both sources? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, for the first, it was a two-year program, so yeah. it's like you're getting your brokerage licenses and whatnot. So you weren't making a lot at the start, and, until you actually became a full-fledged advisor. But I think it was around 55 or 50. So like just kind of okay. standard out of college job. Um, it would have amped up though. So the thing is I always wanted to do advising. That's why it was kind of a difficult decision. And I think out of like once you're two years out or so with your own book, you'd be making like around six figures or maybe slightly under at the start. So that was something I considered. I was like, well, this is what I want to do long-term for 40 years. What's a little payoff here quitting my job for a couple of years potentially. Mm. Um, but on TikTok, I think I was making, well, what really happened actually was I, I got my first Snapchat check in the mail. Um, and that was $20,000 just wow. off of two videos. It was probably my highest, one of my highest paid videos at the time. But um, at the time, I, I just expected it to be like a couple thousand, like $2,000. I remember getting the email. I was sitting in my apartment on the phone with my mom, actually, just talking about like my job and whatnot. I open up the Snapchat email and I see like a invoice or whatever uh, to me for $20,200, something along those lines. And I just was like, this is a mistake. Like <laughs> this can't be, can't be accurate. So I reread it. And that was with a 50% cut from Snapchat. So originally it was like 40,000. I generated them in ad revenue. And then after this, it was 20. And I was like, oh, like I've done two videos this month and it did this much in revenue. Um, I'm quitting my job. And then I yeah. went to Vegas or LA the next week. And, and that was Snapchat wow. Spotlight. That wasn't like the actual tiles? No, it was um, my show on on, spot, on Snapchat. Not Spotlight. I, I missed the train on that. Oh, yeah. wow, yeah. People yeah you could have made a killing on there. I know, yeah. People were reposting my videos on Spotlight and making like millions of dollars. And no. I didn't even know at the time. Yeah, so for those that don't know, Snapchat launched this program to try to like have a TikTok type competitor where it was like a feed and you could post on there and they had a budget. It was $1 million. Was it per week? Per day at the beginning. Oh my yeah, God. A million crazy. dollars per day that yeah. they were allocating towards the, the highest viewed creators. So people were repurposing your content and then making like crazy. Yeah. Slimy. Yeah. Shady. People made millions like uh, yeah. Cam Casey's um, some yeah. guy. He's like their case study essentially. I think he made like $3 million off of like 10 videos or something on, wow. on Spotlight. How do you go from filming on your phone to then meeting all these celebrities? I mean, it's DMs on Instagram is how I started out. So like I, there were a couple of people that were really cool at the start when I had like low follower count, like low, but like a couple million on mm -hmm. TikTok. So like I would just DM them out of the blue. Um, and this is for like later in the game when I was doing more skits. So I would originally was running up to people like on Rodeo Drive, like Giannis, like the NBA player. I just got him in a random video. Jason Derulo, I just literally got him at a gas station. Mm -hmm. Wait, in that LA. was random? I thought that was planned. No, some, not, not Jason Derulo. So some of the yeah. skits are like, I want them, I want people to know their skits with some of these celebrities. I'll literally like put like hashtag skit and people will be like, this is fake. And I'm like, yeah, they're playing a part here. But some of the beginning ones that I were doing were all legit 
with the celebrities. Yeah, I, that I Jason Derulo one, it's like, who just sees Jason Derulo yeah. at a gas station? Yeah. But did he know you from TikTok? Uh, I assume so. Yeah, I mean, he was in Tarzana when we filmed it. Uh -huh. um, and we were out there shooting um, kind of like a real estate, like crib style video. Mm -hmm. We pull over to get gas and Jason Derulo was like, his house is by there. Yeah. And he was in a green Huracan. So like we pulled off, you know, essentially to go check it out. And Jason Derulo is just chilling there. But he must have known, I think. He's just chilling. But there. but let's yeah. say, but how nerve wracking was that for you to go up to Jason Derulo and say, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" Dude, I, I didn't even know if it was him at the very yeah. start. Uh, but it, it it was crazy with some of these celebrities I've met. Like I've done. What did he say? He said he just said, "I'm Jason Derulo for a living." <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. God, I'm Jason Derulo. Yeah, that's a boss, man. Yeah. When you just say your name, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. He's one of the coolest guys. We, we filmed so another cool. follow up like skit with him in Saudi Arabia, um, and the man is probably one of the most genuine like A-listers you can ever meet. Like he's also really tuned in with like finance, and, yes. like, investing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we communicated briefly. Uh actually it was like 20 minutes where he he wanted uh he wanted to do something in the finance space online and uh one of my opinion on that. I was like the entire time starstruck just to be like, he's calling. I dropped everything. Oh, he called you? Yeah, he called me. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, he's calling right now. Shh. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, some so, of these So, so nervous. It's, yeah. It's like, we've done like Hel Helen Mirren for a brand deal and like Richard Branson, like Logan Paul, like people like that. And you're just like, okay, like, so don't be nervous. Are people so. reaching out to you at this point being like, hey, do a video or I'm trying to promote something? Yeah, I mean, all the time. Um, it's just like a fine line between letting people know, like, I, I don't want people, I don't want to do too many of them because yeah. I don't want people to think that my videos are like all fake and stuff like that. So like, that's why I'm like, I make it apparent where I'm like, if we're doing something with a celebrity, I want people to know it's like a skit. Um, but then sometimes you just run into them, you know, out of the blue, especially in LA. It's crazy. Do you worry that there might, uh, you might have challenges long-term with the same format? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, people are like, do you think you can do this forever? And right. I don't, I'm not like stupid. I, I feel like there's no way that the trend could keep up for years and years. I'm surprised it's kept up this long. I think people are just genuinely fascinated with like how to acquire wealth, but I think it's obviously I need to adapt and change and do different stuff. Kind of like what I've been saying with like houses, cars, all things luxury essentially. But mm -hmm. I also want to move more into the investing sphere as well and really like sit down with people and find out like really like what do you do for a living and like how did you get this car, this house in a way that like a TikTok can't actually encapsulate like yeah. 20 right. seconds. So your TikToks are mostly entertainment value. Like you go up to people that are driving these expensive cars, ask them what they do for a living. And that doesn't really provide like how much insight as so as to like how they got to where they are. Right. Yeah. But didn't, aren't you starting something where you can go more long form with some of the people you're asking and you can talk about like the actual process of becoming a, an anesthesiologist or like a singer? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's more long form con. I call it kind of mid form content. I don't know if that's a real word, but like five to six minute um, video and podcast style, like audio video. Um, I have it on my Snapchat. So essentially where I sit down with people, sometimes I've been more lewd, you know, we've had like an OnlyFans model on there, but it is interesting stuff. Like the OnlyFans industry in general is like there's managers going on and there's like a lot of stuff on the back on the back end that people wouldn't expect. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like a, you know, just a, a monster empire uh, that people don't really realize. So just cool, interesting occupations that you wouldn't expect, but then also anesthesiologist, doctor, like really what is your path to getting to this point? Mm -hmm. That's what I want to do more of is the more of the long yeah. form. You would do so well if you asked somebody, what do you do for a living? And then doctor, can you give me five minutes of your time just to talk about this? Yeah. And just like an impromptu interview on the street. I don't think like a fancy podcast setup or anything like that. Just on the street with a mic, just back and forth five minutes. I think we do so well. Cool. Or yeah. in the car with them. 
yeah, of you I'm, driving in the car with them and they're just telling you their life story. I think that would do so well because it's like you're picking a random person off the street and hearing their story. Yeah. It's not like filtered. It's just like whatever they say. It's like raw. Yeah. Right. We've thought about doing that with people in, in cars and whatnot. Um, I mean, it's kind of like comedians in cars getting coffee, but like yeah. the actual like more serious version of that, like I'm in their Lambo. I've got them in a video maybe previously or whatnot. Like let's drive around in their car that you saw them originally in mm-hmm. and let's find out like the real like details on what they did. But I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. Like just I'm outside mm-hmm. a hospital and someone's in like scrubs and I'm like, give me the real like, uh, the I real think it info. did so well. You know what? Who did that? Uh, a, did it great was Dead Mouse, oh. where it was, uh, what was it? He took people in his McLaren and would go and get coffee with them or would go to McDonald's with them. Oh. And just him having a conversation as they drive to McDonald's or it was like a fast food player, Tim Hortons, because uh, they're in Canada, and then they drive back. Oh, and it really? was so good, and they were like 30 minutes. And it was just him, just unfiltered. You see the guy getting in the car, and they just drive. Oh, okay. It's really cool. I think if you did something like that, it would do incredibly well. It sounds like a really good idea. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. another thing to consider is, do you know, like, the TikTok salary transparent street? Yes, yes. How they they came out and they exploded. Like in the past month, I don't even know how many followers they have anymore. I was just anymore. checking today. It's like yeah. 800K or so, 750. But every yeah. single video that they post just pops off. And it's basically what this girl it? that travels to different places. And she goes up to people, what do you do for a living? And how much money do you make? And she yeah. just does it over and over and over again. And people just like eat it up on TikTok. And I think if you could somehow incorporate also like revealing people's incomes. Like for example, you see someone like a Bentley and you go up to them, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a doctor. How much do you make? And then they also do that. I'll have to do people lie. I think a lot of people have seen the videos and they have like these because some of the responses are insane like and people are like okay this is like there's no way they actually do that i think a lot of them are expecting like me to maybe come up to them at some point i mean people will be driving around in like la and they say that they've had like 30 people walk up to them and ask them the questions so that's why people go oh you're the guy or like are you the guy because i don't show my face always so they're like is this another person coming up to me or is it like the real person that started it? So yeah, and it's happened to me before. Like I've been driving, I've had like rental cars in Miami or LA for the day and I'll be driving and I'll be like at a stoplight and people will roll down like their windows and be like, hey, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, I'm the one that does that thing. And they're like, what the hell? It's it's pretty cool, yeah. So what do you drive? I drive right now a Tesla Model 3, which okay. kind of angers some car people, but I just ordered a like Porsche that. GT4. Great um, car. It'll be here in September. Looking forward to bringing it out on some canyons. Out How much did that cost you? Are you getting that at uh, Sticker? I think so. Yeah, mm, from nice. Porsche Dallas. Okay. Shout out Porsche Dallas. But um, uh, they uh, basically, it was like a seven-month wait uh, or like 50K over, like 100K yeah, right. over to get it from anywhere else. But um, I think they're pulling f- uh, for me, essentially, if I do some kind of promo and show it off and whatnot. Cool. But yeah, I mean, I wanted to get a car because I'm kind of, you know, have, I feel like me and you are pretty similar in that yeah. front where I didn't want to get something that was like, crazy out of reach at the moment but i still needed to get something that i could bring around to like car shows and as like the car guy, it's a respectable it's, car yeah it, it's like an investment too to get a car like that i feel like i can't be driving around like a model three forever as like the guy that's filming all these videos yeah. with cars and you could daily it if you really yeah. wanted to drive it you could drive that thing like thirty thousand miles no problems at all yeah what's your favorite car that you have uh the tesla roadster Oh, you oh like, yeah. that's your favorite car. Favorite car. You drive By like bar. It's what? I yeah. thought you were gonna say the GT. No, 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 no. The Tesla Roadster. I'll take the Tesla out way more than I'll ever take the GT out. Really? Yeah. Wait, oh my gosh. What so, year is it? It's the original. That's the. It's a, that one is a 2010. Oh okay. I mean, Teslas just drive like. Yeah. They get a lot of hate because people are just love them so much because they won't stop talking about them. But it's because they're so good. Like I'm obsessed with my Model Three. So. I noticed you're also wearing that watch. Um, now I remember <laughs> seeing like when that video came out. 
You went up to a guy in a fancy car. Do you remember what car it was? It was a Audi R8 in red. Yeah. Yeah. And you went up to him. You're like, all right, what do you do for a living? He's like, I have a watch dealership or something, right? Yes. And then he brings you to the dealership that he owns and he gives you a watch. Yes. It's one of my best stories, actually. I'll, I'll tell you. Um, yeah. So it's this guy, timepiece gentleman. Uh, he's in Dallas and he's like a watch broker, basically. I think he lives in LA now. I get him in a video. This is like my fourth video I've ever filmed or maybe third, like one of my first initial shots. And I just say, hey, what do you do for a living? He's like, I'm a watch broker. And then he shouts out his Instagram. And normally now I wouldn't add that portion with the shout out because people would think it's like a, a paid post. Like today I probably wouldn't have done it. But back then I remember I get on the phone with my roommate and he's like, yeah, just leave it in. Like maybe something cool will happen to you. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, and then I post the video and a day later I get like tagged in a bunch of stuff and I still don't have like really any followers. This is on mm -hmm. Instagram. So I had like no followers on Instagram at the time. And everyone's like, pointing me to go to his page and on his page is him holding a Rolex bag. And it's like, everyone get Daniel's attention. I want him to give him a gift for shouting me out. So I'm like, okay, there's no way this man's about to give me a free Rolex for just shouting him out in a video. And the video did decent. It got a couple million views, which is solid marketing, mm -hmm. but I'm like, okay, let's find out what's happening. So the next day I meet up with this guy after work. Um, he gives me a role at this Rolex. It's a date. Just can I see it. Yeah. Take a look. 41 millimeter, I think they go for like 12,000 now or so. Jubilee, band, all that kind of stuff. And it's a great color. Oh, I love, you know what's funny? I got the, uh, almost the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a different, uh, different dial. Oh, okay. the same size? I think mine's a little bit smaller. Yeah, it's and mine a is a different bracelet. Yeah, yeah, yours is smaller. Yeah. So the Jubilee I have the oyster band, bracelet. Uh, yeah. It's even more expensive too. So I'm surprised he like, cause the, the, the bezel, it's like a fluted bezel. Yeah, it's white it. gold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here you go, Jack. He balled out on it. Wow. Uh, and then he filmed the video and he posted it and it got him so much more business by posting it. Like this guy's like a genius that he said he sold like a hundred watches because of the video. Wow. I believe it though. Yeah. When did you post the video? What year? Uh, this like, was... Um, just give, give me like a rough. It was literally like two weeks after my first video. So it was like mid-September of 2020. 2020. Yeah. Okay. So the watch market was going crazy then. And so you posted it at the right time, just as the market was taking off and everyone was buying watches like that. And he was in the right spot at the right time. It's a genius. Combined with your uh, promotion in a way, just not even thinking about it. Yeah. I had no clue. I was yeah. just like, oh, yeah, let me post this video. Yeah. But first, we got to thank our sponsor, NordVPN. Graham, I was at the airport recently, and it looked like my laptop got this cool new feature. I got all these ads that started popping up, and it said someone was collecting all my data for me. That's not a cool feature, Jack. You really got to make sure to secure your network and make sure your data is protected. Thankfully, today's sponsor, NordVPN, has the fastest and easiest way that you could do that. NordVPN is extremely easy to use. All it takes is one click, and you're connected. Not only is it super easy to connect, but they actually have the fastest speeds out of all VPNs. And I can personally attest to this. I've been using NordVPN for over two years now. My favorite part about NordVPN is their new threat protection feature. Threat protection blocks pop-up ads and web trackers. And when you click on any URL, they will scan it and block it if it's a malicious one. Another really cool feature about NordVPN is you can change your location because on Netflix, certain countries block out certain shows or movies, but you can just change your location with the VPN to wherever it is allowed and you can watch any movie or any TV show that Netflix has from wherever. And that honestly, guys, is a feature I've actually personally used. So get an exclusive NordVPN deal today using the link down below in the description or going to nordvpn.com slash iced coffee to get started today. You can get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus one whole additional month for free. It's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, guys. It's my favorite VPN. It's the best out there. Definitely check it out with that link down below in the description. Again, the link is down below in the description. 
description to get started today. And now with that said, let's get back to the podcast. Have you seen much like external benefit from approaching a bunch of really wealthy people and asking what they do? I mean, just crazy connections. Like every single person that I interact with is wealthy. Like, cause they're all just driving these crazy cars. Some of them, I mean, I don't know. A couple of them are rentals probably. I've asked people yeah. and they've been like, yeah, this is a rental. Um, so they're <laughs> honest in that fashion. But uh, just like the crazy connections, like, I'll go to, I'll be like, I know people in every city now. Like if I go to Miami, like there's people there that have yachts and they're like, come hang out and do this thing. I'd be like, if I started a business, um, I would have a lot of like wealthy people that could maybe help pool me money or I could work with. Um, so I don't see myself going back to like a nine to five anytime soon. It'd probably be like my own business with yeah. people that I've met that are wealthy. And, and I'm curious if you could put a price tag on, uh, on your connections. Like when you think of your network and how much that's worth, Gosh, what do you think, man? If, if you were to like buy know. that network, someone who's at 10 million bucks, $20 million, like it, yeah. the people that you know at this point are worth more than you would probably ever make just, yeah. just having those connections and having those friendships. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like it's, uh, I got to do something with it though. Cause people tell me that all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, you have all these crazy connections. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with them yet. Not like, you know, I use friends or whatnot as like connections only like, uh, but yeah, I feel like in the next, you know, couple of years or something, some of these people I've met will come to like be really cool, either business partners or life advice people or whatnot, yeah. getting into fields. Yeah. Do you plan on doing something like that? Like creating a, a new vertical or do you plan on continuing going in the content creation route and building up a social platform like that? I think maybe both at the same time. Like I'll, I'll do the content creation as long as it's still making me a lot of money. But cause I mean, people like you can make so much money doing content way more than people would expect, honestly. But I think also at the same time while using my platform, I would start a business and build it up. But it's not as easy as people think. I, I mean, like to even promote like a merch line and stuff like that. People, people see like, oh, you have 1.7 mil or so on Instagram. Like if even 1% of your audience were to buy a shirt, then, but it's not always that simple. So yeah, I think it just depends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now you were mentioning earlier about like car stereotypes. Can you share any of those? It's like the tech people go for, uh, you know, McLarens and the flashy people go for the Lambos. Have you noticed something between yeah. cars that can you share that? Oh yeah. Okay. I, I what what have a, you noticed? Yeah. Well, I mean, you got the the classics like Rolls Royce people. I never can even get them in videos because their windows are always up. It's always a miracle if I can film that. But Bentley, especially Rolls Royce, you got the old crusty people every time. Like they're crusty, they're old, <laughs> they don't really want to talk. Sometimes they're spirited old fellas, but uh, for the most part, it's like crusty white man in the in the Rolls Royce um, okay. or like. <laughs> Yeah, they have a driver or whatnot. Um, and then you have like Bentley people. They're kind of usually like older as well. They're like 60, 70. Um, that's pretty standard. Usually kind of friendly, but also kind of alongside the Rolls Royce train. And then you have um, Aston Martin people, more like fancy. They're they're not really like flashy. So a lot of the times the Aston Martin people won't want to tell me exactly what they do. But mm. a lot of them are like lawyers. I don't know why. They're yeah, just like I can lawyers see that. Yeah. The Astons. I know a lawyer with an Aston. Yeah, me yeah. too. I know a couple. Yeah, yeah. it just okay. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and they're, yeah, they're kind of private normally or like okay. businessy, like in some kind of business. Then you have the McLaren people and they're like young, new money. Like they're usually in tech. They love getting the crazy colors on them. Um, and they love whipping around Rodeo Drive with their windows down. <laughs> Ferrari is harder to kind of get a hand on. Ferrari is difficult with like who they give cars out to like they'll sue people all the time you can't modify them so you normally get like an older crowd um and ferrari won't even sell you a brand new ferrari you have to like go through their many hoops of uh ownership and weird rules and signing your life away um and then lambo people are also kind of like mclaren people they're usually like younger money 
kind of anti-Ferrari, so you usually be younger than Ferrari people. The Bugatti people are never responding to me. Like, I've literally gotten, like, maybe one or two, like, Bugatti Chirons or something like that in a video. Anything above, like, a million or so, they're private people. I don't even know why they come out to these car shows, because, like, people can see what they look like, mm-hmm. but... It's usually a never – they just – they won't do it. No. Usually I've noticed it's uh, royalty or sometimes it's something illegal. There was one – there was a big uh, issue years back. This must have been almost 10 years ago where there was a guy who disappeared with a Bugatti and he apparently had ties to like the Malaysian mob or mafia or like some ties like that. And he came to the U.S., brought all this money over and betrayed one of them and then he just disappeared. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a big thing in the car community back then. Oh, wow. And this was in Beverly Hills. Oh really? Yeah, or he was he was offed. Oh. And like, oh, maybe that was it. I think he was offed and people were like and and then all the rumors started to speculate that he was involved in something he shouldn't have. Oh. But there's I mean, some like crazy usually going like that sort of space sometimes yeah. for the the crazy ones. It's happened to me like yeah. I've gotten um I guess this is public info now. I don't really always talk about it out mm-hmm. loud. I don't I think I'm fine. But um basically I got some guy in a video in a Ferrari and he's with this like girl who's like an Israeli citizen and he's from um, Syria or his, his dad was from Syria. He's like on the FBI's most wanted list and he's like banned from America essentially. But I get him, the son in America. I post the video. They're acting kind of weird. They're like, we're students or so I'm a student. And I'm like, student driving a Ferrari must be a really, you know, I don't even know what you say to that. Yeah. Like you're a student. Um, and then everything seems fine. So I post the video and then I get like hit up by all these organizations. Like, and they're like, We'd like to interview about this person that you interacted with. Um, And then I finally get a link to an article because it's trending on YouTube. It gets like 5 million views on YouTube, this video. I think it may be gone now, actually. So I don't know what happened there. But it's like Playboy billionaire son of Syrian FBI most wanted spotted in Rodeo Drive with Israeli girlfriend. Like press, like (laughs) uh, Vice Vice News or like Forbes or something make an article. And I'm like... Oh my gosh, I, I didn't know. So I don't know who else I've got. You had a man. He was right there. Yeah. So I think he's all good. I think it's his dad who's. Oh yeah. Did you feel nervous about gosh. like your own safety or anything from that, or were you fine? I mean, I don't. I, I feel like it's like a genuine. I don't know. That's why I said I haven't really talked about it much. So you guys might be some of the I first people fine. to hear it. But um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like he got the guy like the, the fugitive himself. No. And the video is yeah. already out. It's not malicious. So like. I would feel like if you were out there to try to expose them, then you could be in danger. But yeah. the fact that it's a one-off thing and like you're doing it to everybody, I don't think you're at risk. It's a bad place, you know, the, to film. You know, wrong place, wrong time for him, I guess you could say. <laughs> a lot of really wealthy families, by the way, will come here and they'll take like one class at UCLA and mm. they're a student. Yeah. That's what I've seen a lot. A lot of people from like Dubai, yeah. um, Saudi Arabia, I'll get like the ballers that are on Rodeo Drive and they're driving... Every single time I see them, they're in a new car, yeah. um, and it's like a lot of royalty. Um, so yeah, that's like that's probably like five percent of the people I get on Rodeo. Yeah, I rented a house to a guy like that, and it was fifty thousand dollars a month, but it was just for his friends to stay there because he rented out the Beverly Hills Hotel and like oh. an entire floor for him and his family and the assistants and like you know all of that. But this house was next to the Beverly Hills Hotel for his buddies. Really, it was insane. What they'll do is they'll take their cars. And they'll fly them down, and then oh. they'll be able to park them on Rodeo Drive or outside of the uh, the Beverly Wilshire Hotel. Wow! Yeah. And they just, they like cargo like yeah. fly them. Like, yes. Whoa. Okay. They'll just show up one day, and the thing is, 
they'll have like multiple people just to drive these cars around so they could park them all outside of the hotel. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And okay. then they just walk out and they'll pick which car they want to drive. It's, oh, gosh. it's uh, insane. I was just there at the yeah. Beverly Hills Hotel like two yeah. days ago and I'm just looking at all the cars that are there and it's like 50 supercars. Yeah. What's yeah. the other one that's really good? The Peninsula Hotel. There's, oh. there's basically all those hotels there. You go to the, the valet and guarantee there's something worth a million dollars there. Yeah. yeah. Nutty. It's crazy. I'm just the amount of wealth and, and I've gone to a bunch of different cities like Miami, Vegas, um, LA are like kind of like the hot spots, but like LA, you get like the people that are like really truly wealthy um, and they're just there, you know, Beverly Hills style. And then Miami, you'll get like the people that are like the Bitcoin um, ballers yeah. out there. I call them like they're like the new, it's like the Bitcoin city now. Like when oh I go gosh. there, you got a 50% chance of running into like a crypto bro in Miami. So it's super interesting. Oh no. Now they're speaking trading about, into Ferraris. Yeah, yeah. Speaking about crypto, have you ever tried to ask like people in normal cars because we know somebody the dogecoin millionaire and he drives like this very unsuspecting car um so have you ever for a day tried like you know the corollas or the priuses <laughs> just to see like what you would get uh I mean, people have told me to do it people say do it with bad cars sometimes yes. so that's one thing and i was gonna do it at the beginning but now i feel like that would come off like really bad but i think that's an interesting idea with like just regular people, um, like regular people, like regular cars, just kind of getting like their life advice and whatnot. Yeah, the thing is, you'd yeah. have to ask them how much money they make. Yeah. Because you could yeah. find somebody and be like, I own my own business, but you don't know if it's like, you know, $20,000 a year business or $20 million a year. If you ask how much they make and they're driving a Corolla, how much you make? $5 million a year. Yeah. You're driving this? Yeah, the Buffets like, out there. Yeah, like, yeah. why waste money on a depreciating asset? Yeah, yeah, that's what you would need if you could just ask them how much money do you make? Yeah, yeah, it's like salary yeah. transparency, right? And that's and that's yeah. also a good way that you could always transition instead of what do you do for a living? How much money do you make? Yeah, yeah, and I, I just I think it depends on yeah. who you get. Some people might be like, get out of my face, yeah. very rude. But some <laughs> do people the IRS. No, literally, yeah. people say I'm like an undercover IRS operative. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever exposed. I bet I'm, you have. I'm sure. Like, okay, you're being audited. Well, you were in this viral video of you driving a Lamborghini. Like, where do you and get you this And you claim money? your Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I'm sure. tax returns is $10,000 a year. Uh, <laughs> I've ruined so, thousands uh, of lives. So. Yeah, <laughs> you could have. So how have you been able to turn this into a business? Because I'm, I'm seeing some people off camera here. And uh, how much is involved behind the scenes to do this? I mean, there's a couple layers. I keep it. So I have my agent, Steven. He's, he's over here. Shout out, Steven. Uh, he helps me do brand deals. So anytime I... So I guess I'm like my own manager. Steven's the agent. So a lot of like TikTok people will have like their own manager completely and they'll handle like their email, like their day-to-day, -day, stuff like that. So like I'll still get like inbound emails to my email. I'll take a look at it, whatever. Um, I'll pass it along to Steven. He will do all the negotiating and forgive me if I butcher some mm -hmm. of what you do, but he's the negotiation man. Like before when I was without Steven, um, who works at CAA, they're one of the biggest um, yeah. firms in the world. They're huge, um, yeah. Yeah, they're the biggest maybe, I think, yeah. Um, they, I, I would be negotiating myself and I'd be like, oh, you know, way undercutting myself. Like my first couple brand deals I was doing was like $5,000, $15,000 or like $10,000, stuff like that. And it would like, just was way low. This is right when I was first starting out, like with my account. So I had a couple million, but still like getting sizable view amounts. Um, so then Steven will like negotiate with, um, you know, the brand, they'll, uh, you know, basically try to up it to whatever we're comfortable with. A lot of the legal on the background is huge all the fine tuning of documents and redlining and stuff like that. It's back and forth for like sometimes up to months and whatnot. 
um, and meeting with the people, you know, you're FaceTiming with them or, or WebExing, excuse me, um, setting up what the video idea will be, making a script. So sometimes I'll jump in there and once uh, the deal's been set and all the other stuff I'm forgetting about is done, then I'll make a script and then that'll go through redlining and approval. And then once that's done, then you finally can shoot. And then there's the edits after the shooting and there's always a million of them. And Blake mm-hmm. over here is my producer. And basically once you shoot the video and we think it's good, we always think it's good and we make it our style. Brands have certain tastes and they you know want it to be perfect to what they want to do for their marketing. So we'll go back and forth sometimes like, five or six times, you know, with different edits. And then that's when the video is posted. Yeah. Give us an yeah. example of a brand. How do you integrate a brand and a what do you do for a living? I mean, it's nice because it's <clears throat> such a broad topic. So like, what do you do for a living could be associated with like any brand. Like I could go up to someone in a car and they could be a representative of the brand or like yeah. I've gone up to like BMW, for example, <clears throat> I did a video with and they had a brand new uh, electric car that we shot with and they have a professional BMW driver in the car. And he's like, get in, man. Like, let me show you the, the car. I'm a, I'm a race car driver. Mm-hmm. So you can like, you can use pretty much any occupation. It's so broad and I didn't realize how good it was when I made it. I just... I just, you know, essentially filmed the video, but it works for pretty much any That's true. Situation. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And I've seen those videos. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. That's a good spin on it. I really like that. It's just so broad. It's, yeah. it's like I didn't realize how good it was for how broad it is. Yeah. yeah I got lucky with it, I guess you could say. Yeah. And walk us through like an average day. How many hours do you work? What do you work on? I work more than people would expect. I think people with TikTokers, like they, they say, you know, you're not just doing the dances in front of the camera. Like I, I hopefully will never have to do a dance in my life, but um, I'll wake up in the morning normally. I'm a night owl though. So sometimes people will be like, oh, you wake up at 1030. Like you're lazy, but I stay up until like three or four sometimes like working. So mm-hmm. my whole schedule is a little shifted, but usually I'll wake up like 10, 1030 or so. Um, I'll check my email normally first. Um, Sometimes uh, Stephen and I will hop on a call and we'll be discussing like what a brand wants or, you know, we'll be reaching out to brands or they'll be reaching out to us. Um, I'll usually start filming something during the day. Like weekends are my film days. So I'll go out to like a car show, go to Rodeo, wait around for like six hours for something interesting to happen. Um, If I'm not filming like an ad or doing um, tracking people down, like literally on the street, um, then we'll be like editing videos or you know, posting is really what takes up all my time. Like I've managed five platforms and I do, I post everything myself. So like I'll wake up in the morning and say, I have one video. I'll basically stack the videos in order of what makes me most money. So Snapchat will be first. Like you'll see everything on Snapchat a week prior to anything else. And then Facebook. Jack, hear that? Yeah. Snapchat, Snapchat's where it's at. Um, And I want people to see it on TikTok and then skip away from Snapchat. So it's kind of like a funnel of Snapchat, Facebook reels, which is newer. Um, and then YouTube and TikTok and then Instagram last because they don't have me in their Reels fund. So thanks a lot, Instagram. You're not in the Reels fund? No, I'm even in the Reels fund. I they yeah, don't like and I, don't, I haven't posted Reels. That's the crazy thing. They just they yeah. never invited me. I think because I post every day, they're like, why give them oh, money? No. So it's super screwed up. I don't have an Instagram rep, but um, th- so Instagram's on the bottom. And then basically all day long, I'll be like, I'll go through all five of those, and I'll, sometimes I'll post five posts a day. So you're getting the captions, you're replying to people to get engagement up. Um, and all that stuff, promoting it on your stories. That's what takes up like 40% of my day is just getting all these posts on and then monitoring them, commenting to them, um, and making the thumbnails and all that stuff. So you've got this down to a science now, like what to post. Do the captions matter that much? I'd say so. Um, Oh, captions on screen? Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, no, I mean the captions on like uh, like below an Instagram post or with a... Description? Oh, oh, the actual caption. Yeah, Um, yeah, I'd say so. I, I think it's... 
I think it's important, you know, but I wouldn't say it's like the end all be all. Um, I think hashtags also aren't that important. I don't know if it helps too much with like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you yeah. know for YouTube more than me, but I, my number one recommendation to people is captions on screen that yeah. aren't auto generated, but like moving around to yep. keep you stimulated and fast cuts. Yeah. yeah. Can you share how much money you're making? I can give you like a, a rough estimate. Okay. Um, I'd say it depends on what's going on with like brand deals and stuff like that. Um, but and some months are different than others, but like on Snapchat, and that's my primary um, income source, some months can be like 15,000 only, some months can be like 60,000 mm -hmm. per month. Um, and then Reels has a new Facebook Reels fund where you can cap out at 35K a month. So I can't get that now. Like they, they used to make it like 50 million views would mm. be the cap, and now it's like 150 or 200 million views. So that was good for like a month or two while it lasted. But um, Reels, I can make like roughly. Well, it just depends now, but you know, around 10, 20,000, 10,000, I'd say now. Mm -hmm. um, and then brand deals can be, you know, I don't want to give too much info on that, That's fine. but they're just a rough estimate around that front. So, yeah. yeah. So what would you expect over the course of a year? Just like an average year. What do you think that would equate to through everything? I'd say it depends. Like, cause the thing is last year is, was the big blowout year for me. Yeah. And then this year's uh, different, you know, it's, it's like more money in different uh, areas, but as far as like ad revenue goes, it's kind of been going down a little bit. Mm -hmm. It goes through like phases, um, but definitely, you know, mid six figures, um, I'd say is probably standard for like a year to year basis. Yeah. Like, That's fantastic. Yeah. I think you need to be expanding this. Yeah. 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 I, I get so worried, but I'm so like pessimistic when it comes to like all things social media. For me, it's like, ah, oh, last month, I gotta make it good. I worry that like beyond another year or two, you gotta figure out a shift. I think the podcast, man, gonna make you so yeah, much money. I agree. You guys yeah. Are telling me, yeah, the yeah. podcast. Yeah, five to ten minutes enough where you could because uh, didn't TikTok have like the ten minute limit now? Uh, yeah, of, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I think you did like five ten minute interviews. Yeah, you know, not a full podcast like this. Five ten minutes. Post in, on in Facebook too. Where like I'm curious where so on your well, podcast, YouTube for sure. Yeah, YouTube. TikTok, if they do, or TikTok, you even just do three minutes. The on Snapchat TikTok. tiles would be good as well. Yeah, yeah. that and Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I think just repurposing it. Ever do you film vertical for all that, or in vertical and horizontal? So you the probably have to, right? Yeah, yeah. You would have to. I wish they'd make a phone. I've been telling it, Apple. You know, not really my yeah. direct line to you know, Mr. Apple. Yeah. But um, why don't they have a phone that has the ability to record in vertical and horizontal at the same time? It would be great. That's a you know what's really nuts? good idea. Like, why is that you know not a thing? What yeah. that? What? Why? Like that's a that's something for me. <laughs> that's a problem everyone has had. It's insane. I don't why? know why it's not a thing, and I don't even know if people. Have, I'm sure people have thought of it. Like that's a like genius a good idea. idea. I'm like, yeah. That's one of those ideas it. where it's just like, why didn't I think of that? You could do a Patreon. Yeah, you could yeah. do a Patreon and then release early on Patreon, or you can release the interviews on the Patreon. You could you could have OnlyFans girls on there. What do you do for a living? Let me show you. Yeah, <laughs> only on Patreon. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know the Patreon. People have told me to do it, and they reached out to me like Patreon specifically, and they're like, "Why don't you have one?" But I don't know. I just I hate promoting it. I don't know. I, I, hate, I hate promoting a lot of stuff, and I feel like I should just get better gotta, at doing it. You gotta it. get better at it. I just like I I so cringe to me like I was just kind of shy starting out with my account, so I didn't show my face. Something to me just with getting like, what up, y'all? Subscribe to my Patreon. I know like everyone does it. I just like got to get better at doing it. You have it. to. And people yeah. will want to support you would be happy to do it. Yeah. I would say probably 90% of people don't care. 8% of people will do it. It's mutually beneficial. Yeah. It's like you're providing value to these people in the same way that they're providing value to you.
Mm, okay. Yeah. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes sense, you know, early access to videos. Yeah. Like, if I really liked someone, I would be like, sure, mm. I'll pay for that. Yeah. If you're already tapped out and how much you can work, you can hire someone else out. That's overhead and the Patreon can help pay for that. And you can produce more with the Patreon as well, which is awesome. Mm, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about different platforms and where you think the most valuable platform, like w which one is it? And if you were to rank them on having a presence, how would you go from like number one to like number five? Well, it depends on what kind of content you make. So like if you make short form content, uh, well, and I know it's different for you, you do long form content. So mm -hmm. like at least on YouTube. And we do clips on TikTok. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So TikTok pays, I'll tell you exactly how much mm -hmm. TikTok pays. I mean, you guys probably know too, but $20 to $30 per million views, which is awful. Like you'll literally have a video with 10 million views and an ad revenue, you know, you're making nothing. So I'd say as far as like money, but the, then you're getting all the brand deals as well. So like TikTok to me is if it were, if I weren't getting brand deals through TikTok and it wasn't my biggest platform, I would be like, screw TikTok. It's on the bottom. I'm posting it last. So it's all about the brand deals. So I keep that in mind because Instagram, I'm doing brand deals as well and they don't pay me anything, but I still beef it up and post on there as well. But as far as like Snapchat to me is the best platform, but I post like compilation videos and I don't think, I don't see it being around though forever. Like it sort of could be dying. So I, I don't know where to rate it there, but I'd say YouTube has their stuff together. They're kind of ahead of the game on the shorts field of stuff. You know, like they're competing with TikTok now much better. And now they have a bonus fund as well. So I think YouTube's obviously going to be there forever to stay. Um, Facebook's the sleeper pick though, I'd say. Like people in in America, at least, like globally, everyone uses Facebook. Two billion users a year, uh, a day or mm -hmm. a month or whatever. And people, at least, you know, that I talk to are like, why would you get a Facebook? But that's where you make so much money. Like people like Supercar Blani, for example. You know, yeah, she has, she's huge on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to her. She's like, this is by far our biggest platform to make money on. And they, you know, you post three to four minute videos. You can do two ads on a four minute video or so. And no one is thinking about it. I mean, obviously people internationally are, but for some reason in my generation, at least, it's like Facebook's dead. But like money-wise, Facebook is not dead. And I was late to it anyways, yeah. too. The thing is, I think the uh, the people with money to spend are on Facebook because they tend to be a little bit older and they have the discretionary income versus some of the other platforms are so young that it's harder to target them for ads. Yeah, Facebook's the best apparently. Yeah. For ad like ad targeting, I mean, hmm. it's caused a yeah. little bit of problems. I just them. I just tried uh, doing Facebook again. By the way, remember I was doing that. I did that really? for so, are six you're not months. Doing that yourself, are you? No, no. There's another company who did it, but um, yeah. So I did Facebook post uh, reposting my videos from the main channel and like little compilation clips and whatnot on Facebook for six months. Did nothing at mm. all. And yeah, I but a, your videos were like ten to twelve minutes, right? No, 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 no. They cut them down. They cut them down. They cut them. Yeah, they they fully edited the videos. Wow. And uh, we had a talk, and we were both very honest. They said we just don't think your content is working for this. Um, it, it you know Facebook tends to be an older demographic. A, a lot of it is international, and your your videos are very focused to younger U.S. Mm. Uh, audience. And um, it turned out. We, then I stopped in January. Turns out that just like. Out of nowhere, it started getting traction, and it was getting like ten to twenty thousand views a day on Facebook, just randomly. Wow. So I'm starting it back up, yeah. See what happens. Huh? I mean, yeah. I think it's so it was so weird. But uh, I've heard good things about Facebook. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I have a big international. Like international is huge for me. I think America is only like twenty percent of my audience, or twenty five. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. barely the majority. Um, and then older too. Like my demographics, like my top demographic is like twenty five to thirty five, and then thirty five to forty five or so is 
almost the same as 18 to 25, hmm. which is really interesting. But I think it's because older people are into cars too. Really I can see young. that. Yeah. And also your content is watchable, just mm-hmm. no matter where you are in the world. Do you yeah. do different languages? Uh, Yeah. Oh, like uh, as far as like sub... sub- yeah, sub- either subtitles or voiceovers. Like Mr. Beast is doing like Mr. Mm. Beast in Spanish and like... Yeah. It, have you thought about doing that? You could just repurpose. There are everything. companies that do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we've talked to a couple. Some of them were really sketchy. Like uh, they were really always sketchy. The ones. So we need to find like a legit one because I brought it up and I've been like, well, they do it all for you, but it's like the messages are sketchy. They want like your payment and it's mm. just. I know a legit one. Okay. Yes. All right. You got You got to hook it up after yeah. this. Yeah, okay. we could yeah. do that for for our podcast too. Just do everything in a different language. <laughs> That'd be so difficult. Yeah. Imagine transcribing that. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Mr. <laughs> him for the entire yeah. podcast. I think he also, yeah. believe it or not, has like a, a company or something, or he has a partnership with a company that does that as well. Oh yeah, I think so. I don't yeah. quote me on that, but yeah, he was talking to Joe Rogan or something like that about that. I was just yeah, that's to yeah, it. yeah. I, think I was that listening was to that podcast like yeah. two days ago. So it's a good podcast. He makes so much money doing that too. It's like, why didn't other people do that? But I guess he's kind of leading the yeah, trend there. Yeah, that's something I would never even think of. But mm-hmm. now that he's doing it makes sense yeah Yeah. so easy too yeah you literally don't do anything right yeah so one other thing i want to talk about is it seems like you're a master at getting on every platform and blowing up on every platform what are some of the strategies or things that you've changed in your own content creation style that have like tremendously affected your your trajectory yeah i mean some of them are like kind of basic that you would expect like i would say obviously number one and it, especially for short form, I'd say I'm like the master of short form. Mm-hmm. Long form, I still haven't mastered completely. We need to look to you guys on that one. But for short form, I mean, if you just watch someone on TikTok, like watch them scroll, You people say you have three seconds to hook someone. You have like literally 0.2 seconds to hook someone. Like it needs to be in the, so on my videos, like cha-ching pops up. You're like, it's like stimulating. The captions are bouncing on the screen and moving around. Like I would not use like auto-generated text, at least for short form. And I'm going to speak to TikTok as I would to like YouTube shorts and all that. It's kind of all the same, but um, essentially, yeah, you got to hook them like faster than you'd expect. Like there can't even be any lag time is what I call it between any portions of the video on any short form. I used to, when I started out, I think that was because it was a new trend. I had a like more leeway and, and pauses and whatnot. But now when I shoot videos, like, this, if someone just says like, um, that's chop now. It's really like, boom, boom, boom. Like so stimulating. Like we call it like crack video is what Blake and I call it. I'm like, make it more cracked. Yeah. And we'll be like, okay, this is cracked now. So that's how you know a video is like going to do well is if it's like crazy stimulating or you cut it early. Um, and then as far as I just tell everyone to post on all platforms, like people are like, I'm not on Facebook because, and I'm like, why? Like get your same short form video, post it on shorts, post it on reels, post it on Snapchat. Um, and then be consistent as well. Like people say to do that a lot, but I post every single day or every other day. Um, and I wouldn't have more than like a a week or so break and, you know, maybe take a break for whatnot, but I'll schedule stuff in advance. So there isn't a big gap. Does that worry you about people's attention spans being like, just turned to mush? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's already happening. I think because of TikTok. I, I can't, people can't barely sit through long form videos a lot of the times now in some circumstances because they're like, I need, I need more simulation. We're a dying breed, Jack. Yeah. Seriously, we could, we, I, I have a feeling we're a dying breed. <laughs> the podcast? The you know podcast what? The, is going to be Attention fine. spans. I don't know. I, I'm actually extremely bullish on podcasts in the same way. Only that, because like, you could clip them up. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> no, it's because, because it's, it's like competitors are music. 
because it's for people that are in the gym, they're driving to work mm -hmm. or they're like, you know, traveling. That's when you listen to podcasts and we're not competing with yeah. YouTube Damn videos Metallica or and stuff like that. Taking you know? away your viewership. Yeah, you can't do, yeah, when you're true. driving, you literally can't watch something. <laughs> no, like you can't watch it. Yeah, I don't, so. I don't sit down and watch podcasts. The only time I, I listen to podcasts quite often, but it's when I'm driving or when I'm working out. Yeah. And there's, I'm not going to be scrolling on yeah. TikTok when I'm. You know, be funny. <laughs> yeah, comment, yeah, be so comment if you guys are at the gym right now watching this. Seriously, just comment and be like, "Yep, Graham, I'm at the gym right now." Don't comment if you're driving. No, just pull over on the side. Pull of the over road and right now and say, hey, "I'm driving right now." Yeah. You're right though. Uh, I yeah, because yeah. I, I only listen to podcasts when I'm driving or on an airplane. So yeah. we're with not no competing with like TikTok and stuff. Which that that's the reason why I'm super bullish on podcasts. Yeah, that yeah. makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing: is that uh, you know people are getting older. Gen Z is coming up right now, yeah, and their attention spans are like a minute, you know. Yeah. So like self-driving cars. So too. eventually, <laughs> so eventually, that minute is going to take over. It's going to be just everything you watch is going to be like minute, 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 yeah. everything. You're going to go on TV or not even watch TV, but like your your TV is basically going to be like yeah. three second clips True. just yeah. over it's and like over. Rick and Morty style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the videos uh, going over like the TikTok conspiracies of like, you know, how it, how it is here versus like overseas? Have you seen uh, some of those? No, I don't think so. Okay. Fill me in. Yeah, apparently. Oh, and this is a... <laughs> what, Jack? I'm going... I, I didn't say anything. Yeah, man. go and watch any of the videos that say, like, TikTok is the most evil app ever. Now, I listen, I, I like... Listen, I'm going with an open mind, but apparently they show different content here than they do elsewhere. Oh, and, they try uh, to like dumb us down. Yeah, yeah like, they try to I've dumb us down. In China, it's like right. it's like they're learning about how to create, you know, right. structures. Very and, like yeah. very inspirational, uplifting stories. And here we get like lip syncing yeah. dances. Yeah, just the like just, yeah, like nothing. Muck I have heard about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what we get. They're educating uh, them. It's like only educational content is like praised over there, yeah. and yeah. over here it's like shut down. Yeah. yeah, they're getting very strict, by the way, in China about influencers. They ran a story in CNBC. I think it was last night. It says now influencers have to have proven qualifications if they are to talk about certain subjects. No gurus, no finance no gurus, gurus anymore. So if uh, I so, then. I would not. I would not have a career there. Uh, but yeah, they want you to be licensed with the proper credentials to be able to talk about certain topics. Mm. Uh, and with that, also, they said that they did not want any flashing of luxury goods, a luxury lifestyle, or anything that was extravagant or wasteful, oh. including, by the way, wasting food. Was something that they specified in that. Wow, it was very interesting. This was done by like the government. Yeah, wow. yeah, and then it was also no live streaming after 10 p.m. or was like no watching oh. live streams until after until you know after 10 p.m. Uh, well, live something streams like to me are. Well, at least if you've been on the TikTok live stream, yeah, it is like a nightmare. It's way worse than Snapchat Discover page mm. thumbnails go. It's like you are seeing the bottom of society essentially on purpose though. Like it sounds bad. They're yeah. literally like, it sounds bad. basically these people are like, they're doing the weirdest stuff on purpose just to keep you watching. Oh, do you remember when they used to have like a bowl of worms and they'd be like, yeah. they'd spoon the worms yeah. and this is on the live streams. Cause you'd see it and they'd be like, all right, I'm going to eat it. And then they do that for 30 minutes yeah. and they wouldn't yeah. eat it. Yeah. And people are like one more donation and I'll eat it. And then people go in and out and they don't oh. say, Oh, you're not eating it. Or some people yeah. will. Oh, because they, they tune out. You just click on it, and you're like, oh, this guy's just about to take a bite of these worms. <laughs> but he just leaves it there, and you would never eat it. And I remember, dude, there was this one time. How long were you on there, Jack? <laughs> How like, much did you donate? Were you there when How you much? saw the actual I, eat? 
Yeah, no, 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 no. I was, I, was, I was on this one, guys, for 20 minutes. Oh, and I, I, I'm not kidding, because I was, like, getting ready for bed. So I was, like, brushing my teeth, you know, doing my thing. And um, and he just kept saying he was going to eat it, but he wasn't. And he had, like, lots of viewers, like 10,000 viewers yeah. at the time. Making money, and, too. And then yeah. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the live ended. So, yeah. so yeah. he didn't eat the worms. And I remember I commented on his latest, um, this is actually really bad. I commented on his latest TikTok after he went off of live. And I was like, I was like, um, I said something like, like, you're a sham. Like, <laughs> like you'll never find love. No, something like basically I was just like hating on him, you know, like, like eaten the worms. I was like, why would you do what you do? Like you're taking people's attention for your own monetary gain <laughs> and providing no value whatsoever. That's TikTok and, though. I mean, let's be I, I real. Like, I mean, like, the bottom like, of TikTok though. Yeah. Like they're peeling eggs that go on forever. Sometimes they're on loops. So oh, the, like, the egg peeling. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Insane. I've, yes. I've watched that way too much. But it, oh. the, to end the story, the, the guy got back peeling. to me. Because oh. he said he saw the comment and he got back to me. He was like, he was like, "What did I do to you?" <laughs> and, I said, and I said, "You know what you did." And then that was where. It Why? Did he, what if he doesn't? What if he, he could change his whole? What if his Wi-Fi? Wi entire no, his entire thing was the worm eating. Jack, thing. What if his Wi-Fi cut out the moment he took a bite and he's like, "Oh damn!" <laughs> he all cut out. He's just like no, innocent. No, he needs to like, no, change no. careers. Yeah, yeah. you could talk to him. It's Maybe fire. yeah, change him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Tell algorithm. The yeah. <laughs> My issue is that the algorithm I think is very dangerous and it gets you into this echo chamber where it'll it. It could lead you in a direction where all of a sudden that's all you get and it's, that's your only viewpoint. It's oh, just yeah. based on that. And the algorithm is so good at figuring out what that is that within like three minutes it already knows so much about you and what to show you. Yeah, that's why yeah, TikTok but it's effective. so well. Yeah. Like they, I mean, they'll people think just because you like a video, that's the only way to do it. But like they're measuring watch time, yeah. interactions, obviously. You go to the comments more. It and shares. that's why TikTok killed the game. Like their algorithm. I had zero followers when I first made my account, obviously. And on YouTube, at least at the time before shorts existed, if you had zero subscribers, you wouldn't be able to just post a long form and it could like it would, wouldn't get any views. Yeah. But like TikTok killed it at the beginning because I had one and then it got shown to like three people or so. I think probably a certain percentage liked it, like one or two percent. Then it just snowballed. And now they're all doing it as well. But yeah. it kind of changed the game like they, you know, like them or not, they, they definitely changed it all. So what would you do if someone is starting off today? Like, what would your advice be to them? I think you need to try. I think you need to find a niche. And it's super important, honestly, like you can get viral by doing a lot of like cool ideas and whatnot, but like you need to have like your demographic and like niche of people that come for your, just your type of video. So like mine's like cars and luxury and whatnot, like finance, like stuff like that. But, um, I'd say like throwing stuff at the wall until you see something that you're experimenting with that works. And then it, you know, just literally doing that again and again, um, is the best way to at least blow up. And then you got to obviously evolve or people will, you know, you could just be a trend, but you got to try a bunch of different ideas and just keep posting them. Eventually, maybe something will work. Um, and then you just run with that idea. Um, but hopefully it's not just like a trend. Like you want to find like a, you know, some type of video that isn't just yeah. a trend that will last for a week. Yeah. Is there a topic that you want to do that you haven't done yet? Uh, topic or something that you're not going to do, but you, you know, it's a good idea. Uh, I mean that one we mentioned earlier, I do, I would like to go out to people in really bad cars, like okay. really beaten down cars. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely one of them, but that would give me a lot of flack. I think with like brands and whatnot. Um, and then there's some sketches that we've we've done that you know we've decided are probably not brand friendly because you always got to kind of keep up you know you don't want to be doing some crazy stuff but there's some sketches and stuff that I'd like to do that are a little off the wall because like what my hear. sense of humor is just like really screwed up yeah. so like 
some of the video ideas I have are just like, it wouldn't fly. Um, I mean, you know, just for TikTok, for example, like hyper violence, like, but it's a sketch. Like, where uh, you're just like, <laughs> I was, I was thinking it was going to be like, like OnlyFans, sort of like, I thought we were going oh, in that direction. Oh, no, no, not like obsessed yeah. with violence either, yeah. but just like sketches where you're just like doing ridiculous stuff. You can't have like a gun in a like TikTok some, uh, video. Yeah, buy a car going like a hundred yeah. miles. Yeah, like, like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, get, yeah, I get like run over in a video or something like that. <laughs> it's happened. Some guy hit me and ran while I was filming a video oh, really? one time, actually. Did you post it? No, I was well, in a nice car. He was, well, no, I, I was filming a video in Miami and I was running into the road. I like risk my life all the time, I'm, you know, risk my life. Yeah. But basically I'm like, if I see a Bugatti, I'm weaving through traffic to go get this thing. But uh, one car in Miami nicked me, basically was going like 70 past me and just like completely decided to like swerve around me, hit me like just lightly on the back. But like mm. if I was this much further back, I would have been like dead. And then they run their plates because we call the police. We're like, this guy hit, you know, hit and ran. Turns out it was a stolen vehicle and this person was like on the run. So wow. luckily I didn't, you know, actually get Holy hit. Holy cow. But yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd say um, to your point, uh, some like stuff like that in the OnlyFans sphere and stuff like that. It's, we, we try to stay away from it now. Yeah. You know? yeah. You know, there's only so many OnlyFans people you can run up to in LA as well. Where it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. uh, people are tired of that. Yeah. Do you have anyone signing a release? No, I usually get permission though. Like, I mean, okay. or it's like uh, accepted. Like once I'm done, I'm like, Hey man, thanks so much. And they're like, after I cut, you know, I'll cut the videos early and they'll be like, Oh no problem. Like, yeah. And that, you know, that is kind of an you issue. You should film it when they say it's fine. You should. Oh, I have it. Yeah. So uh. I, I'll cut the videos on TikTok. Oh yeah. For yeah. You know, the short form, yeah, yeah. you know, crack or whatnot. But, um, yeah, exactly. I feel like someone at some point could, it's a whole weird thing though. Yeah. Like in public, I can film someone. I talked to my lawyers and they're like, yeah, you can film if you're profiting off of it. It's you know, yeah. All you know about that? Uh, no, I don't. All it's going to take though is one viral video with someone who's like a public figure who is maybe running from the law or like something like that, or maybe like you're going to catch them with like a mistress or something like that in the mm, car. It's going to go viral. That's happened. Then, that's happened. Yeah. Yeah. One guy. This is a short story. One yeah. guy in Dallas. My first couple times filming. He um, he was getting in a car with some like good looking woman, and he was in a suit. I got him in a video, and on camera, he goes, you're the guy that, uh, and then he just completely changed character, and he's like, dude, man, like, I'll let you drive my Ferrari, I'll let you do whatever, please don't post the video, I'm not supposed to be here. And I'm like, oh, God, and he's like, dude, you can do whatever, you can drive my car. He's like begging me, and I was like, oh, gosh, okay, I won't post the video. you just assumed it was because of a mistress? Yeah, well, he was with another woman next to him, so, I mean... Come on, you know. Come on. Oh, <laughs> well, it could be in some legal trouble as well. Maybe, yeah. Uh, there could be a multitude of things on it. I don't think it has to just be that. I'd say that's a 50-50 on that, but it doesn't have to. Yeah, yeah. But I have a feeling it's going to be a situation like that where they don't think anything of it. They probably don't know who you are, and there's like, oh, you know, some, some kid is just coming up to me. Mm. It goes viral, and they're like, well, I didn't consent to that. Yeah. Uh, I would highly recommend, if you don't already have media insurance, do you? No. Get it Media insurance. immediately. What does that do? So what it does is it 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 protects you in the event of a lawsuit, and oh. especially normally I'm like you never need media insurance, but for you I'd highly recommend it. Okay. In the event someone sues you for something, um, you, you will be covered. Oh, and wow. it basically okay. yeah. So like I had you know I have one that I just feel just gives me peace of mind. It's worth it. It's probably going to cost you. 20 grand a year 25 grand a year but i that that is going to pay for even a lawyer lawyer's retainer like right Mm -hmm. off the bat if something were to happen with the amount of views that you're getting it's probably going to be fine but like one case especially with people with money they could afford to basically just bankrupt you okay yeah just to you do any damage to them uh you know even unintentional they could sue you for damage okay even even if they won't win but like like a whole like 
yeah. lawsuit, essentially. Yeah. You could you could uh, select your tier. So you could be like, I want to be covered up to five million or ten million or fifteen oh, wow. million. Oh, so you get that much of potential yes. coverage. Wow. Yeah. Okay. My worry is that you do something to somebody and they just want to run you to the ground. Like let's yeah. say you caught someone with a mistress or mm. or you, you catch someone smoking, let's just say, and like that that's bad for their image and they lose a whole bunch of business. Um, they don't think anything of it, comes down, they lose a deal, and they come to you and say, I'm going to sue you. Let's just say they had no grounds to do that. But if they have money, they could just say, well, you know what? Uh, fight me in court. And, and then it's a battle of who has uh, more money. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and you'll lose to, yeah. to you know. Well, these balls, and, or even if rich. you win, yeah. then you have to counter sue. And you have to spend even more money to get your money back. It, uh, it's a nightmare. So I think just be insured. I think that's media insurance. Okay. Media insurance. I think you're right, Tom. Like, that's something I, would do. It's something just, I need. It's yeah. good peace of mind, and it's a write-off. Hopefully you will never need it. Mm, okay. But I have the same thing, and it's worth it. It's just peace of mind. That's all. Okay. What questions do you have for us? We could we could turn this around if you want to. If you have any questions uh, for Jack and I. Well, I'm curious. Like on, uh, I'll go. I'll go revenue on you guys too. Actually, um, how much do you make, Graham Stefan, for the whole year? Uh, it's this year is going to be between probably four and six. Before, okay. Yeah. Are you investing on, all that money in the market right now? Pretty much. Um, I mean, the default is always to save it. So it's uh, inflation, though. No, not necessarily, because I I like to to keep cash on hand for opportunities that come up, or like okay. if some if 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 there's a good opportunity, it, it helps to have the cash on hand. So are you so, buying right now into the like? Into oh the yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right yeah. Now. Every day. Okay. Every yeah. Day. I've so, been doing that for uh, over two years now. So just okay. like every day, I just buy into the hour. market. Yeah, on a regular basis. Yeah. Exactly. So are you at what point? I just want to take a guess here. What do you, and no one can know, obviously, but where do you yeah. think the market's going to bottom out here, S&P 500 percentage-wise? I have no clue. I mean, everyone's everyone's calling for like, I don't know, as a guess? Yeah. Man, uh, it's going to be a coin toss. I mean, my guess, I, I would not be surprised if the S&P gets to like 3,000, maybe 32, like somewhere around there. Okay. Um, wouldn't be surprised um, I think I think it's possible, but I think it's also possible that inflation starts coming down and they stop raising rates as much. Are you investing too? In yeah, like generally in like the. You don't want to know about. Okay. Yeah. Just, what is your What is your portfolio looking like? Uh, like as far as like assets, like what, what yeah. Kind of stuff do you have? Well, uh, crypto was probably ten percent. Now it's probably like one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what were you in? Were you in like some shit coins? No, no, it's just like Bitcoin, Ethereum. It's okay. probably too, not one anymore. The, but the, the sick but Jack bought of crypto. Yeah. Jack yeah. bought it. Like, uh, 4,000 Ethereum, 60K. Which is so high. <laughs> what, like because, 55K like, I, for like well, Bitcoin? No, 60? no, actually Bitcoin wasn't that bad. My average cost on Bitcoin was probably like 40 or like 30. Oh, okay. You know? yeah. No, it was probably like 30, 35. Kind of similar too, yeah. Yeah, and then as far as like the, the market, uh, I actually had pretty good average costs before December. Because in December, I like just piled everything in. I was like, you know what? It's the end of the year. I have like a bunch of change. So I just went all in. <laughs> terrible, yeah. terrible, terrible mistake. But we live and learn. You know, dollar cost averaging is the way to go, apparently. Well, I don't know. So, I've, I've read about lump sum. That supposed to be. Get, you get lucky yeah. or you don't. And yeah. the thing is, for me, I put in so much money in the market between November and right up to the very first of the year. December. Literally me too. The, I was just like, I have a lot December. of money now. And I was like, here we go. S very conservative, <laughs> like S&P 500, like, and then like Apple, Google, like, you know, like I wasn't buying yeah, any. Yeah. I bought like, if I buy like a bad stock, what I consider to be like a, you know, not fancy stock, like Lucid Motors or something like that, a little bit, a little bit of a gamble. It's like a couple thousand, but I was like, oh, I'm good. S&P. So I'm not selling, so I know I'll be fine, but December, me too. Yeah, Almost it was literally like, like the exact, yeah. 
I, I had literally no money. Yeah. I had no, no money. Too, but yeah. at the, that, that's so funny. Yeah, it, it completely obliterated me. You, you know, we live and we learn. Yeah. And, we'll be uh, fine. We'll and be I, fine. But I was also probably a little bit more speculative than you were. Like I had um, I had a portfolio, my Robin Hood portfolio. Uh-huh. And I think my principal in that uh-huh. was like like 20 grand or something like that. And I brought it all the way up to 75 because I was investing like pretty early. And, uh, and then once it hit 75, it was probably at right around 65 actually. I just went all in a margin. And oh, I was like, because like okay. <laughs> I, most of the margin though that I bought was like, it was like Apple stock. It was like pretty safe margin. It wasn't mm. like sketchy what's stuff. The, what's the rate on that for your margin? Like was probably 5%? Like, no, it was probably less. It's okay. probably, I don't know what Robinhood is, maybe three and a half, four. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know what it is. But at the time that you were borrowing, I think it was at like 2.9. Oh. Okay, so. What's it at now? Like uh, nine? Three, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I got completely obliterated. Like like that, but then again, you know, they, they do the whole margin call thing. You know, that whole thing happens. But yeah, that's that was, what I was doing to people on the phone. No, you margin weren't. Margin call, yeah, yeah. Were you really? The Schwab, yeah. Margin call people all the time. I mean, you notify them. And it's horrifying for them. It's kind of sad. But also you're like, whoa, like look yeah. at this person's crazy risk bet that they just did. And what do you see, what do you see on that? Like, do you look at their? You obviously see their investments. Like, yeah, do you yeah. see stupid things that they're going on there? Or? I mean, well, and at the beginning, you're kind of just like a phone slave yeah. when you're first starting out in this program. Um, it, you know, but basically, you'd, they'd call in and you get some people on like on the line that would just be so rude and really rich, and some of them would have crazy like ninety percent in one stock. Like, they'd be like have a million dollar portfolio, and it's like all in Lucid or like all in Tesla, which worked out for them maybe at the time. But a lot of Tesla people, like mm-hmm. literally like a four, you know, 40% of their portfolio is in Tesla. And you're just like, whoa, like, what are you doing? But they're just all doing it themselves. I don't know. See, Robinhood did not call me. They just sent me a little thing. Oh, you're in a margin call. We're selling your shares automatically. So yeah, it wasn't. I don't official. know what exactly what it was like. At, um, I know we just, like you do notifications and whatnot, um, but you have to be a broker to actually call in and like, or be discussing directly with them what mm. I was doing. Cause I wasn't, I didn't get all my set. I didn't get my seven basically my yeah. series seven. So I, I literally left right before I was about to take it. So like I'd basically be interacting with people that would like call in and be like, Hey, what's going on with this? Why do I have a margin call? And I'd be like, Oh, um, it's not good, but uh, here's a broker do this or whatever. Yeah, yeah, until yeah. you're further along. In the what do you think of Tesla stock? I think it's overvalued. Like I think it's way overvalued, but I was tired. It's kind of like Bitcoin. I was mm. tired of just it going up, I don't see it as like at this buying point as something that I would maybe long term, you know, but I think it was I knew it was going to correct. And I don't think it's correction now is as far as it could go just based off of like its market cap for the amount of, that they're selling. It's worth more than all of the other automakers combined. combined. It's insane. Like it doesn't matter if you believe that they're going to do other stuff. And I'm sure they're, you know, they're doing other stuff that isn't just cars. I know they are, but like, it's still overvalued, I think. So I think if it hasn't happened completely yet, it'll go Mm. down, still go up, but not. Yeah. When I bought the Roadster, I sold off uh, a decent chunk of my Tesla stock at $1,028 a share. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. So thankful on that. And then I sold shortly after, because once you start selling, you're like, well, sell more. Uh, so I sold off all but a hundred grand of my Tesla stock. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's so great. we'll see. We'll see what happens. Nice but trade, uh, man. What's up? You're a little swing that's trader. Swing. No, that's, that's not me. I've, I've held, I've held onto that for three years. Long swing. Three or four, Yeah. Three and a half years. You're not a buy hold. No, no. But I'm also going to be selling Long some losing swing. positions yeah. to offset that. So I'm not going to owe any tax on that. But, and then I took the money and I just put it, uh, in the S and P and an international index fund. Okay. Can yeah. you only write off 3000 in, in uh, no, losses? that's against personal income. So you could offset, uh, let's say long-term capital gains against losses. So let's just say I make a hundred grand in Tesla stock, but I lost a hundred grand in, uh, let's just say Coinbase. Mm. Now, 
I don't have to pay any tax because I've used the gain to offset, or I've used the loss to offset the gain. Now, if I didn't have any gains to offset, you could write off up to three thousand dollars a year against your personal income. Okay. So that yeah. So if you're W two, you're making a hundred grand. Uh, you could write off three thousand dollars of that. Okay, gotcha. Per I'm year. to make sure I did that right. Okay. Yeah, per year, or Mr. you spread Master. it across. But but it doesn't make any sense to me because that number should be adjusted for inflation, and I think it should be higher. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what is that useful for at all? I mean, I guess unless, for, I don't know, it depends on your income level, but like three grand in the in the scheme of things, yeah. like depending on the, if you're doing like a wash sale and stuff like that, it's just like, I, don't think, I think they need to make it higher. Some people are losing big. I know. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, the one thing I would recommend you do is uh, to get your free stock down below in the description. When you sign up for public using the code GRAM, it's worth all the way up to $1,000. And you could add JLS Selby on oh, Instagram. that's and, a good point. Uh, and we can and close Alexander out the podcast underscore right Nava. That's it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Oh, and subscribe. Oh, oh, oh. We have a tier on Patreon. It's $500 a month. But what that gets is... Uh, Twice a year, we're going to be hosting a private event where this person could come down. We'll be hosting, uh, you know, food, drinks, all the good stuff. They could come down and just hang with us for the night and just just chat, just have a good time. Hey, uh, Rick, you are on the podcast with uh, myself, Graham, Jack, Daniel Mack, and uh, Alex. How's it going? <laughs> hey, doing good. <laughs> so, so okay. So uh, first of all, we just wanted to call and thank you for the, uh, the for the Patreon. We just put this up and. Uh, Jack was like, dude, we got, we, we got someone. We got we, we, You're the first person. We got one. We got one. And so I wanted, I wanted to personally call and thank you and see uh, what made you do it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I mean, I kind of like message, mentioned on the message, like uh, I found you guys probably like the beginning of this year and I've been an avid listener. I've listened to pretty much all your podcasts since then. And uh, just enjoy the show. I was like, heck, might as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much, man. I uh, really appreciate it. Do you want to shout anything out really quick? We'll give you a free shout out. Uh, no. Like an, Insta- <laughs> like an Instagram. There's got to be something. No, I don't even have an Instagram. Uh, Rick, Instagram, tell him to shout me out. Tell him to follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Rick, we're excited to meet you <laughs> yeah, in person. I, I, have, yeah. I have just started a company um, working to um, cure rare diseases called uh, Everloom Bio. So um, I'll, I'll shout that out. <laughs> you oh, deal. oh, my oh, gosh, Rick. man. Come uh, on, man. Well, well, here's the deal. This is, uh, you have my cell phone number. This is it. Uh, if there's anything you need, just feel free to shoot a text. I get a lot of texts, so if, if you don't get a response back, uh, just just maybe text again. But anyway, we're looking forward to meeting you. We'll, we'll keep you updated yeah. probably in the next few months on hosting some event in Las Vegas, but I really appreciate Sweet. it. And are you cool if we include this in the podcast? Yeah, yeah, totally do it. Cool. <laughs> All right. Legend. Well, Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah. you're, you're on the contacts now. <laughs> All right. Cool. Good, All right I'll, I'll see you. Later. Bye. All right. Bye. What, what a look at that. Look at that. Oh, that is so rare cool. diseases. So, yeah, you got something. That I yeah. Do. Just, so, you know, if, if you cancer. guys want to be like Rick, <laughs> meet us in person. <laughs> get a shout out. And also, yeah. meet Rick. Because you got. <laughs> you want to meet. I want to meet Rick now. He'll be Jeez. at the event. If you want to be like Rick, <laughs> our Patreon is down below in the description. Thank you guys so much for watching. And until, until next time. time. We, we had the best part oh. of the very end. Yeah, that was Rick.